Pulp Fiction covers themes that may not be suitable for all listeners. Episodes may feature true events tied into fictional stories. Listener discretion is advised. Previously, Roman has a blackout in a South Australian bush and ends up in hospital, where a strange voice only he can hear begins egging him on, telling him to do bad things. He encounters two backpackers, Lana and Eliz, offering to drive them from Adelaide to Melbourne. They stop at Salt Creek, and the voice takes over. Roman attacks the girls, but do they survive? Where is the voice coming from? Find out in episode 4 of story 1, Salt Creek. Crumpled in the sand, Lana understood two things. One, that something had hit her. And two, that she couldn't see a thing. Her vision was dark, pitch black, with little silver particles flying past, like miniature fireworks bursting in slow motion. She stayed as still as possible, willing her vision to return, praying that she wouldn't get hit further. Finally, after what felt like two hours but was a mere two minutes, the world began to take shape around her. She was laying on her back half under the rear of the car. In the distance, she could see Roman walking towards Eliz, who was now standing behind the chair. In his hand was a small hammer. Slowly, Lana began shuffling out from under the car. She wriggled her way behind one of the tyres and sat up, so her back was resting on the rubber that was hot from the sun. She reached and rubbed the back of her head. It was moist, blood, dribbling slowly out of what felt like a dent. She got to her feet and steadied herself on the car. Her heart was beating in her chest and... Eliz! She realised Roman was heading towards her friend. Using the car for stability, she walked around, the sight of Roman standing over Eliz delivering another shot of adrenaline into her bloodstream. Driven by this, Lena charged... She sprinted full pelt towards the pair and throwing all of her considerable body weight, smashed into Roman with her hip and shoulder. All three of them crashed into the sand. For a moment, everything was still. The only sounds were those of the ocean, the waves crashing on the beach and the wind whistling around the dunes. Get up. Get up, you dumb pig cunt. Get them. Get them before they get away, the voice commanded Roman. He complied and began shuffling about in the sand in an effort to get to his feet. But Lana beat him to it, delivering a blow to the back of his head with two bald fists. She let out a guttural scream, turned, grabbed a Liz and yanked her out of the sand. When they turned around again, Roman was gone. Only footsteps remained. Footsteps that went around the outside of the dunes again. You fucking coward! Lana screamed into the wind before turning to Eliz and nodding. We've really got to get moving, she said. 
She was now feeling lighter, wobbly, the blood still leaking out of the hole in the back of her head. I don't think we've seen the last of him yet, she said. Elise nodded and they began running in the opposite direction, around the car and continuing down the sandy track they had used earlier to arrive at the site. As they ran, Elise started to realise what had just happened. Her mind was a flutter, images of him standing behind her. She could smell his hot, sour breath. She could feel his moustache bristling on her cheek. She could feel his knife tracing over her skin. Her heart rate began to quicken and she could feel the breath catching in her lungs. She tried to inhale but felt she felt as though she could only gulp down tiny sips of air. Uh, Liz, are you okay? What's going on? Lana asked, pulling her to the side of the track. She led her to a mound of salt bush where they wouldn't be seen from the track. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't breathe, she gasped. Look at me, look into my eyes, Lana commanded. Eliz looked up at her. Now inhale with me, she said, inhaling deeply, exaggerating a breath, and out. The pair did this for a couple of minutes, until Liz waved her off. You know, Liz, we, we can't think of everything that has happened. Not yet. What we really need to do right now, Lana stood up and took a step back, is get moving and get some. Roman's car cut Lana off mid-sentence, collecting her body with a thud. She went flying and landed in a crumpled heap. Eliza let out a blood-curdling scream, leapt up and sprinted off into the dunes. Ten points for the fat one, the voice whispered. Roman smirked. Roman got out of the car and walked over to Lana's body. She was face down in the sand, not as bloody as he expected. He noticed her chest rising and falling. Finish the job, the voice urged. Roman nodded and walked back to the four-wheel drive. Once inside, he fired up the engine and began revving it loudly. The darkness where the voice sat was enjoying the process, the game. Roman put the car in reverse and backed up, giving himself the space to gain enough speed. He then flipped it forward into drive and put his foot down on the accelerator. About 800 metres away, Elise was sprinting, following the track again, but off to one side where cover would be easy to find in case Roman decided to chase her down. Her mind was clear now, the only objective acting as a mantra. Get away, get away, get away. Meanwhile, Roman charged towards Lana's battered body. Inside, the voice was squealing with delight. That's it. Smash her to a pulp. I don't want you to stop until we see blood, it yelled. Within seconds, it was almost upon her. Roman held his breath, expecting to hear a thump and a squelch at any moment as the car rolled over her body. Lana's eyes opened at the last second and out of reflex, she rolled twice the tread of the tyres running over her hair and pulling out a thick clump. She wobbled to her feet and began trying to make her way over to the dune that she'd hidden Liz behind. 
Roman noticed, watching her stagger away in his rearview mirror with his mouth stretched into a frown. It's okay, it's okay. the voice said. I like to play. Roman turned the car around. Further up the track, Liz was still sprinting. She was running on pure adrenaline and could see a thin line of grey in the distance that she knew was the road. She ducked behind a bush for a minute, dropping to her hands and knees so she could catch her breath. In the distance, she could hear the revving of an engine. With some effort, Lana had wobbled across to the other side of the dune, trying to make her way back to the track. The clump of hair that had been pulled out was bleeding profusely now, with thick drops of blood collecting in her eyebrows and periodically seeping into her eyes, blinding her. Her eyes were ringing and her heart was thumping inside of her chest. She wanted to stop, to assess just how bad her injuries were but that felt like certain death. Lana reached the track and began hobbling along the side as fast as she could, barely making eight steps when Roman's car came flying out of the dunes. It landed with a thud and he turned the wheel hard, just clipping Lana's side. Her body did a graceful pirouette before falling to the ground. This time it was mere minutes before she was back on her feet. She assessed the situation. Roman still behind the wheel, was attempting to turn the car around. Fucking hell, she muttered to herself, realising she wouldn't be able to run away from him much longer. She turned and began sprinting towards Roman, who was still turning the car around. She was going to get to him before he could get to her, or at least she hoped so. But not quite fast enough. Roman had turned the car around and moments later began speeding towards her. Over two kilometres away, Elise had reached the road. She began running along it, not sure which way was the right way until she came to a hill with another road coming off of it. The road was gravel, not dirt, well maintained. And a large sign next to it read, Salt Creek, camping site, no fires, no littering. That fucking asshole, Elise muttered to herself. From her vantage point on the hill, she could see a group of three cars. She broke into a sprint, running as fast as she could to those she was sure could help her, those who could help Lana. Lana stopped dead centre in the middle of the track giving up. She was done. She was tired of fighting and as Roman sped towards her she felt a certain peace come over her. No more fighting, no more striving to stay alive. She could rest. The car was almost upon her when her reflexes kicked in. She jumped, feeling the windshield catching her body and cracking under her weight. She quickly scrambled to clasp onto the windscreen wipers before looking through the windscreen at Roman. He was staring at her, his eyes dark and his mouth stretched into a sneer. She mouthed the words, fuck you, at him through the window, before looking around for a more secure handhold. She looked up. The roof rack. She grabbed onto the edge of the wire frame and began pulling herself onto the roof, before hooking her feet in and flattening her body against it. 
Roman didn't stop. He didn't even think to consider what she was doing up there. He just continued driving into the dunes. Down the hill, Rabina and Michael Brown were just setting up their camp for the night. They had just retired and were on the third day of their trip of a lifetime, travelling all the way from Sydney. While Michael set up their tent, Rabina was setting up the camp kitchen. They heard a scream, a help ringing down from the road above. Bobby, get in the car now, Michael told Rabina, scared that trouble might be approaching. He climbed into the driver's side and the grey-haired pair watched as a stark naked young woman came flailing down the road, screaming and crying. Rabina, an ex-nurse, had unlocked her door and was out on the road in a flash, holding her arms out in an open, non-threatening gesture towards the battered Liz, who ran into them without question. Michael, grab a blanket, Rabina commanded, before turning her attention back to Liz. What happened? Are you okay? Where's all of this blood coming from? Are you still bleeding? Liz ignored all of her questions simply looking into her eyes and calmly saying, My friend, we need to get help. We've got to help Lana. To be continued. Thanks for listening. For more stories, visit www thepublicbook.com or you can follow me on Twitter if you want. My handle is at DRopeKeyAuthor. Bye.